I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for the Tour de France Stage 6 Recap Bash to Long We 220K is the longest stage of this year's Tour de France with three punchy climbs at the end and a hilltop finish. 1,604% to kick it off, in fact, four climbs. And then 2.3, 4.3%, 800 meters at 11%. No flat in between any of these, by the way. And then the religious hill is what it's called. No more French-isms from me. I'm just doing direct translations. The religious hill, 1,600 meters, 6%. Who would ordain it? And I think today today might have been the death of my Yumbo Visma optimism. Um, it might have died today. Oh, but my God. Yeah, I know. Am I the last one standing? Um, but, yeah, big, I thought Brake would win, Benji. I think I thought this was a Schoen's, Quinton Herman's. Oh, wait, they didn't bring him because Intermarche didn't want to win uh, with Herman's. <laughs> um, sort of breakaway Morich today. And it did look like that for a bit until the yellow jersey got involved. Yes, certainly. It looked like Wout Finard was trying to get in the breakaway. And like, I think I spoke with you about it yesterday. I was thinking about what Jumbo could do on a stage like this to try and get back the time they lost yesterday with Roglic, for example. And you brought up on the podcast, when it comes to in the final, do something with Roglic. I was thinking, what are they going to do with Wout Finard? If that's the case, if they're going for Roglic, I was like, are they going to put him in the breakaway? And I feel like if you can put Wout Finard in a breakaway a large breakaway where there's basically enough riders to keep the breakaway going without him putting his soul into that breakaway, then it's a good idea to have that happen. But it started becoming a, a sunk cost fallacy throughout. But hey, let's talk about it. Wout Fanart keeps responding to attacks, even at certain points he starts initiating attacks. And I think in total throughout the stage, I've seen about 50 moves of Wout van Aert trying to force a breakaway. Is that an example? Bear in mind, there's the traditional break we expected up the road with Schoens and uh, two others, an Intermarche rider, but they're not getting much leash. So that there had been an original break at this point, and Wout was forcing it in the cross yep. tailwind, um, creating splits. Obviously, UAE, well, not obviously, UAE Benji, they didn't seem keen on letting him in the break. Like, I didn't really... I don't really know why, to be honest. Yes, certainly. When you think about Wout van Aert, you're, well, I at least don't seem as a GC threat for the likes of a UAE. Yes, last year on stage seven, that panic was there when it comes to UAE, but I expected them to have learned from that and to allow him to go in the breakaway, perhaps keep a tempo in the peloton and sustain that. And we saw that the rushes of Wout van Aert at the front of the group was dropping certain riders from the team of UAE. Hirschi has not been great this last week, was dropping off the back. George Bennett doesn't seem to be okay right now after his crash, I think, yesterday on the cobbles. So those two riders were dropping on the same moment as a Macho Vanderpool very early in the stage. And that will be an important factor in the response of UAE from this point onwards because Wout van Aert kept going. And the response of UAE was that they had three or four riders in like 
a way where they would try and close any gap that happens at the front of the peloton. So let's say that Fanal gets away with three riders, there's a UAE rider closing that, and then there's seven riders in that UAE rider's wheel, a small gap, another UAE rider will try and close that gap. And they're trying to keep the peloton together in that way. Whether that's accidental or not, well, they kept on doing it. So I'm guessing it's some kind of strategy to keep the peloton together at that point in the race. But it started looking like one by one, the UAE riders were not there anymore. And it came down and down. And we had points where McNulty and Pogaccio were the only ones left when it comes to UAE to actually do the controlling here. And there was one moment where Ralph Fanard gets into an attack, has a bit of a gap. And Pogacar, together with, I think, McNulty, I'm not sure if that was the rider from UAE, they bridge it together. And then Wout Fenard keeps it up for a bit, because he probably hadn't realized Tade's in, in the back of this breakaway that I'm riding away with. It was a bit of an echelon section as well, so gaps in the peloton were forming there. But then he went to the back, Wout Fenard, he probably got the call of the team radio, like, mate, Pogacar's in your wheel. Probably not great to ride here, but what did you think that the strategy of UAE was to try and keep this together? Uh, UAE wanted to win the stage. Pogacar is a shark, killer instinct. His biggest rival, he thinks, I think, was Roglic, not Jonas. He knows he can beat Jonas. TT, no problem. Final TT, he'll beat him. Mountains, uh, out Pyrenees, he thinks he can crack him. Jonas is nervous. He, To me, Pogacar all day was trying to kill Roglic for good. He was looking back. Is Roglic on the wrong side of this split? Second last climb today. Is Roglic on the wrong side of this split? I'll attack. And all all day. And Jumbo Visma were helping him do that by having Roglic on the other side. Bear in mind, Roglic has crashed hard yesterday, replaced his shoulder. So Jumbo Visma basically spent half their team trying to get Wout van Aert in a break today, keeping the pace very high for 80 kilometers with Roglic having to close a lot of gaps himself and Jonas. That's what happened at the start of the stage. And even when what I thought was a great outcome, perfect outcome. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, I said yesterday, if Roglic feels good, we don't know his condition. But if he feels good, strike back, well, lead him out with Benoit and Co. on the final climb to you know get him some bonus seconds and some morale. If that's off the table and Laporte goes into a ruler stage 19 style break with Pedersen and Co., happy days. That's going mm. to get seven minutes. I think most of the teams were represented, but Laporte wasn't riding Benji because they wanted Wout to get in the break. And so that perfect breakaway, which means that Yumbo don't have to pace all day, UAE were in it with Staker Langan or whoever, like doesn't matter, that, they won't have to pace. And they bring that back. Wout eventually goes again with uh, Fulsang and Simmons, Quinn Simmons, the young American rider. Well, well. I want to bring one more scenario first before we get to the Fulsang and Simmons group, and that's where we've got a scenario where Wout and Vingegaard and Poggi are in a group together, and Roglic is caught behind, and that's the thing you brought up earlier. That's a scenario that you brought up earlier. That's a, a moment where Wout was even pacing a bit too long to my taste. He might not have known that Poggi was there, but I think he saw it at some point. Then he started rolling attacks on Poggi in that group, while Roglic was still behind, and... That keeps that group ahead of Roglic as well. So, I don't know. It was like they tried a bit too much to try and get away from Roglic there with Vingega that it started hurting Roglic probably more in the group behind. Does that make sense to you as well? Uh, I, I didn't have to see... I didn't see Roglic closing a gap himself. Mm -hmm. But yes, at yeah. that point, I was like, this is bad because 
Vlasov was there, Ineos were there, and they had some teammates as well with Thomas. So you could eventually have this group go away. It didn't got brought back. And then, yes, well, re-attacks, full sang Simmons. It eventually, the elastic snaps. No one chases. We have Bennett. And here's she off the back, like two minutes behind, chasing yep. back with Volscheid. And if they don't get back on quickly with this tailwind, big OTL risk. Before we get into the second part of the stage, though, the men's Tour de France is now well underway, as you know, which means Tour de France fam Avec Swift is just around the corner. Swift are celebrating with a Watch the Fam mission that kicks off tomorrow. Complete up to eight Watch the Fam events for your chance to unlock in-game kit on Swift, but also unlock Tour de France Fam FX Swift leader's jersey signed by their eventual winner. Head to Swift.com to find out more if you're already signed up or go on to your Swift companion app. And if you haven't signed up, go to Swift.com to start your free seven-day trial. I've got little bit of a luscious locks going a few grays coming in but just had to shower after zwifting watching this finish just to calm down because i was a little bit it's a little bit worked up yesterday but wow goes with full sang and simmons i think it's a bit small but fine for one for one major reason we have an intermediate sprint halfway through the stage or two-third the yep. way through that means wow can take maybe four positions five positions on jakobsen um, and he can see maybe they get six minutes because to me, if I'm UAE Benji, I don't care about Wow GC. Wow GC is not a real thing. Like it never has been for this Tour de France. And full saying GC, if I'm UAE, I can live with. The problem for him was mm-hmm. EF, Bora, Alperson, UAE all started pacing with serious riders with Van Kier's book with Niels Pollitt, with Björg, the main ruler for UAE. Um, I was surprised, Benji. And why do you think each of those teams were pacing? Well, firstly, I want to talk about Alpecin. It makes zero sense to me why Alpecin is pacing. Matthew van der Poel was weak at the start of the stage. The only rider that they could see as a potential leader for this stage and get something out of that is Philipson. When it comes to the green jersey, we started noticing that while Wout Finard was taking the big points in the breakaway, Philipson was winning the sprint for the fourth spot and the peloton for the intermediate sprint. So after seven days, he's finally decided to go for the green jersey to try and get that second spot in the green jersey classification, just in case Wout crashes, I guess. But um, that's already the one thing. Alperson makes no sense to me that they keep on going because that final... Seemed too hard for me for Phillips. And I think we spoke about it before. That second last climb. Zero chance. There, there's just no way. Zero chance. It's a Vanderpool stage. But he's sick. I think, I think Adrie van der Poel was probably like, ah, I don't want to see Wout van Aert win. Let's go with Oldhoff. Seriously. No, no, no. No, no, I'm being se- I 100%. think so. Like, yeah. not maybe that, but I think Alperson not happy with Jumbo pacing earlier in the race. Let's put one of our rulers on the front. Fuck you. I think that's definitely <laughs> a possibility. Yeah. Um and but yeah, Vanderpool. I'll just quickly on him. I would like to see him DNF. Of course, he's going to go and win a stage now. Make me look stupid, but I'd like to see him abandon, yeah. recover. He's had a busy season. Prepare for the uh, the World Championships with a proper altitude uh, camp and take a really big tilt at the World Champs, which suits him. That's what I think they should do with him. Yeah. Philipson, why they didn't go for the intermediate sprints before? Now, me and Benji said it on stage two. We were perplexed and remain so to be honest um it's a bit too late for that now anyway 
They get to the intermediate sprint. Wout takes it, obviously. At this point, the break has gone 350, and then Pollitt's smashing it. He's bringing it down, 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 down. It's at 250. Yep. Full saying he's like, I'm going to lose time if I don't sit up. <laughs> I'm going to lose time. And he only lost like five seconds to incredible performance. And Wout keeps going, Benji, to me inexplicably, because if he gets caught late, which is looking like 90% chance it happens, 95%, He'll get dropped and lose yellow, and he'll lose out on any green jersey points at the finish. And he can't help any of the GC guys. So to me, this looked like they couldn't rein him in or they weren't thinking about it. Oh, ego on wow. I don't know what it was. But to me, it just was like, we're here now. Let's just see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a a combination of a sunk cost fallacy where they are so deep into this that they can't back out or they are not backing out because they don't see the solution being that splendid anymore anyway. And next to that, an ego thing, and I don't mean that necessarily as a bad thing, as on Wout Fanat is a bad person. No, 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 not at all. I like, mean it as a bad I mean thing. It, I mean it as in the kind of like move where, oh my God, if I fail now, then everybody's going to make a shame out of this. If I went into have? this breakaway for 60 kilometers at the start of the stage, when nah, but that might have if been. If he his sits up at the intermediate, you know? it looks like a plan. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think I so. Know. And like, it's a combination of that, you know. In my personal opinion, when the stage started, I said it: a larger breakaway with easily getting into it, slipping into it. I think that's a good idea for this because then you're not taking that much on yourself. But it took a 60 kilometer thing with so many teammates to get this guy in the breakaway. And what would have happened if, for example, the group with screens at the start got away and the peloton stopped for a bit while Fanad was initiating the chase again there? So what if that group got away instead of the group with Fulsang, the likes of Wout and so forth? Do you think the peloton would have kept going back then? Because uh, I think if that scenario happens, then it's easily controllable from the peloton as well. Maybe like Honoré and yeah. Morich bridge to it. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Like we get those guys trying to be represented. The break goes a lot quicker. UAE are not as active if Wout's not trying to get in the break. They use Kreuzweig to do a lead out in crosswinds yeah. to get him in the break. They spent That was Kreuzweig. awesome to see. Yeah, sure. Like, But not clever. I mean, yeah. It just, the Laporte one was the perfect move and yep. it didn't go and... It is what it is. Anyway, Wout goes. He's being brought back by a team of five rulers. The gap is coming down, down, down. 25Ks to go. The GC team starts to get into position. Luke Rowe doing a good job for Ineos on the right-hand side. Bora Hansgrohe, I think, outstanding today. Like, unbelievable job from Bora Hansgrohe. They yep. faced adversity later. Um, Bahrain moving up. Gradic move, like Gradic's probably on minimum wage. Moving up Dylan Turns. Pagatch is surfing wheels. And... McNulty and Mike are there. They're doing a great job for Tade Pagacha. We get into the finish. Uh, Wout is caught on the second climb. The group is all still together. They were shallow gradient. Vlasov has a mechanical... Oh, no. Sorry. Vlasov is caught up in a crash. By the way, I think before that, Van Rensburg went down when Roglic and Kuss nearly crashed on the left-hand side. Um, Wout had been caught and dropped immediately at that point. And then the next corner, Vlasov's caught up by a crash. Contrast to Yonis yesterday, goes to his bike, puts the chain back on, three-second wait, back on, four Bora yeah. hands grow straight there, trained it up. 
like unbelievable from Vlasov under pressure. And yeah, so great job from him. And obviously they were planning on him going for the stage. He won a Romandy stage and punchy finish and that couldn't happen from there. But anyway, we get to the final climb. Roglic is surfing his own wheels. Benoit is working for Jonas on the right-hand side, Van Baal for Ineos. And eventually we see this a little gap and Pagacha hits it over the top of the steep climb to test everybody. Godou marks him and he stops. I saw Pagacha looking back to see who was gapped. And then the man, Benji, Viermoz, where, what stage did he win before? The sprint? Is it Dauphiné? Yeah, Dauphiné Is sprint. Or something? I think um, when it comes to Viermoz, the victories that I remember from him, that breakaway stage, but mostly that Mute Bretagne stage when he had like ages ago in the Tour de France. And that was in a similar fashion. The group of the GC riders had limited domestiques and therefore he is able to ride away and the leaders kind of look at each other. And that same scenario happens here, and it's also before the top. He dives into the descent. He's not the best descender in the world. That one corner that he dove into, I thought he was straight up going to crash into a wall because that was a that was a very a very close one, but also a very uh, very wide corner to take. But in the end, Fiermos was getting paced back by a team, Jumbo Visma, and. Eventually, yeah, Benoit's keeping Jonas in front position. Roglic is moving up, trying to move himself up. They get to the final climb. Michael lead out. Then McNulty takes over with 1K to go. It's Pogaccia on his wheel. They're running out of menu. A.E. Pidcock's got himself on Pogaccia's wheel. And there's Matthews there, the best friend of Pogaccia, lurking. Jonas is a bit off his wheel. It reminded me of Tirreno-Adriatico uphill sprint, where, again, he was off the wheel of Pogaccia, and he'll lose because he'll get gapped off the initial burst. So you have to be on his wheel. And Primoz Roglic, he had the legs I said he might have yesterday on the podcast where I was sort of tongue-in-cheek. He just had no lead-out. He has to move up a lot of positions on the climb, and then he does a lead-out from 400 metres to go like an Orsio Millet attack in front of Pagacha, gives Pagacha a perfect lead-out, who says thank you very much, and jumps out of his wheel with 100 to go to win the sprint easily. So I would say... Absolutely perfect from UAE, except maybe not letting Bennett and Hirschi come back earlier. He didn't yep. get given a time gap, Pegacha. He wins ahead of Matthews, Guru, Pidcock, Quintana, fifth. Okay, outstanding again today. They're so, looking very good. Turn sixth, Vingegaard, seventh, Martinez, eighth, Roglish, ninth, Bardet, tenth. Uh, Thomas actually loses five seconds with Vlasov, Uran, and no one else of relevance. Phillips and uh, is 26 seconds back, so Alperson complete shambles today. But I would say, I would say Pogaccia humiliated Jumbo Visma today. Like, yeah, yeah, that's I think so as well. All there is to say, really. I, I think I want to add a few more things to that. First of all, when it comes to EF, a low key thing where I think some people might still ask why was EF pacing. Forgot to mention that earlier. I believe their idea was to get Nelson Paulus an opportunity to get yellow by. Catching Wild Fanard, dropping Wild Fanard. That part worked, but if Paulus is not good enough to actually compete with a Pogacar who has a better sprint than Sothov, and also in general is not that great when it comes to being a GC rider compared to the others, then it's going to be a, a very slim chance to get it. So I don't know. I think um, they spend a lot of energy for a fair, very small chance of getting yellow. I don't know. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. Okay. I think. Not- not either. Yeah. I think after yesterday with Paulus, what happened with him and Betiol, I think this was mm-hmm. a morale thing where they were like, we're sorry for the fuck up yesterday, even though it might not have cost a jersey, but we're sorry <laughs> for the appearance of it. We're going to mm-hmm. go for you today, Nielsen. 
Bediol's going to ride for you. He did. I really like seeing that. So I guess congrats to EF and Vorders for rallying the troops to at least try something today for Palace. Yeah. I actually did. I really did like that. Um, even if, as you say, Benji, like the chance of actually yeah. winning is is very low. But am I being too harsh on Yumbo? I don't think you are, but it's for me, it feels like I've said this before. I feel like when it comes to Yumbo, the adapting during the race is sometimes not there. And I think that's very visible in this stage, especially where I think if we look at the initial part of today's stage, we've got the aspect where that breakaway is being formed and so forth. The plan of Outfinat from the start is getting in the breakaway, and he was going to do that regardless of anything that happens. And I think there's other scenarios that opened up, like the, for example, the Laporte move that you mentioned. Like that was a move that could have gone if Fanad wasn't forcing other moves behind or helping out with other moves behind to try and chase it down. And even scenarios where, like, we spoke about it yesterday. What if a breakaway goes without Wout It's not the end of the world for Yambo. It's like, if a break wins, like, yeah, Wout loses some green jersey points, but it's a more relaxed stage, and towards the end, you can still try and do something with Rolich and Vingegaard and so forth on these hills. Looking at Pogacar today, it would have been with very full team. Yeah. Because yep. Rolich has taken a big fall yesterday. Like, yep. regroup, defend, or like, I'm sorry, but Wout had his chance, man. He, stage two, three, four. One stage four. Yellow jersey. Green, way ahead of any schedule it could have predicted. Green is – Sagan crashed yesterday. Green is looking magnificent. Like, <laughs> I know he, people are, well, he sacrificed yesterday for Jonas. Sorry, he was, in gonna, the, he was in the second split with 35Ks to go. Sacrificed yeah, what? He's going to have to sacrifice more than one stage to help out GC leaders here. Like, the most important part for Yumbo is the yellow jersey. And stage wins, sorry, but I don't care as much about stage wins as I care about the GC of the Tour de France because it's clearly a lot more important. Even the green jersey, less important. So I think Wout van Aert should sacrifice a lot of things for his team in this race. And I think today... But for green, it's better to stay in the group. After exactly. the intermediate. Okay, yeah, I get it. You find yourself in the break, whatever. Green, it's better to stay in the group. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if you do the lead out and then the GC guys come over, you come fifth to seventh, yeah. eighth, whatever, you still get a, a bucket load of points. I want to add one more thing when it comes to the final. When it comes to Roglic and Pogaccia, we know that Roglic lead out happened for Pogaccia, basically. It wasn't on purpose, but he launched early and therefore let out Pogaccia. It's as simple as that. But the thing is, I felt like his positioning, a climb earlier, he keeps getting pushed to the back before every little small hill. And it's such a, I'm starting to notice it's such a weakness for Roglic because it brings him in a position where he needs to fight to get up there first. And then he needs to have the energy to still beat people. And it's something that is not working. And we've seen it in the Pajo, the Cipressa. We've seen it, I think, on the um, the raid of Wout van Aert. Uh, was it two days ago? Two days? Yesterday? Two days ago. I don't even know at this point. Um, two days ago. Yes. <laughs> the White Fanard raid on the on the big climb and so forth towards the end. Like these are moments where Roglic starts those climbs in such a, a bad position technically because he just pushed to the back every single time. 
And today we see the same near that last climb. I was thinking it was dropped. I couldn't see him on, his, on the screen. Then he suddenly popped up on the bottom, then on the right, and suddenly was back at the front. So he must have had the energy to come back to the front of that group again and then fight again. But yeah, I but think positioning is a big issue. Where's Kroosvijk? Yep. Van Hooydonk looks Van very, very tired. Van Aert's been in an exposure smooth the yep. whole day. And Benoit, Benoit, by the way, MVP, Benoit, unbelievably good today, but he can't yep. ride for two leaders. And I accept that. And maybe it was going to be Koos because Koos got involved in that, that crash Benji mentioned. But when you have two leaders you're trying to protect, that means you need double the resources protecting them. And we know that, as Benny said, Robert's losing the wheel is a problem. Now, you probably, like the Belgian public, Benji, the other side of the coin is this. Why should the team invest in Roglic and protecting him when he's just going to crash, he's just going to fail, and you can have wild and yellow? Why would you deny him opportunities or other opportunities? I guess that's... I. From my perspective, I think the team, the staff, Roglic, Jonas, everyone probably has worked too hard to have given up going for GC. But for both of them, when he's just two minutes back after stage five, like I still think, <laughs> okay, you lost another 10 seconds today, but I, because mainly Benji, for Jonas to win the tour, he needs Roglic to be a real threat. Like, yeah. I don't see head-to-head a 1v1 battle with Pogacar that playing out as as easily. But I guess I want to give a few more props to Pogacar. He goes into the yellow jersey after stage six, four seconds out of Palace, 31 head of Vingegaard, takes 10 more on him. Yates on 39, Hidcock on 40, Thomas 46, Vlasov 52, Martinez a minute, Ineos four on the top 10. Bardet, 101, Gudu, 102, Quintana, 105, Mass, 112. I'm looking through for more GC men. Caruso, 211, Uran, 214, Roglic, 227. So, yeah, I think it's only 10 seconds. It's a dominant Pog stage win. I think UA will be very happy. But, um, yeah, and yeah also- you got any thoughts on Pog? I think the move of Wout van Aert, we're isolating it as Wout van Aert just going in the breakaway, losing his jersey. Like, I don't give a, a fuck when it comes to him losing his jersey today compared to tomorrow. Like, that jersey is worth nothing, just wearing that yellow jersey. For me personally, in the race, like, yeah, as a rider, that's fun. Sure, an extra day is fun, but compared to the grand scheme of things, it's worth nothing compared to actually fighting for the actual yellow jersey. And I think him going in that breakaway... And sustaining in that breakaway towards the end not only made it worse for him, but made it worse for the team, I think, in the second half of the race. Because, like you said, towards the end, Benoit was the man that was doing work for two leaders at the end. If Wout still has energy, after going for green, he stops. He stays in the peloton, Fulsang-wise. I don't even know where Fulsang ended, by the way. But On when five it comes seconds. To, uh, uh, like with Thomas if, and Vlasov. If, if Wout waits takes a piss together with full sign perhaps with a, a, a solid gap in between just for privacy purposes then they might actually have Wout van Aert there to support the team of Jumbo in the final where it is needed when he comes to positioning his teammates that are still going for the stage and I think that's where the biggest mistake is made I think because not only does he kind of ruin his own race a bit he it, it's I, I don't blame Wout personally like I think this is a team decision as well you know I think he should just 
been called back after the intermediate sprint and that would have made everything look better yeah and i guess as you say like he's going to lose it on planche the, the yellow jersey tomorrow anyway i would say why not keep it an extra day and see what you can do on the finish because i think if he comes past, Pagacha was stalled on the front, by the way. He was about to get swamped. That was the problem with Roglic's move because it's like yep. it really hurt Jonas. It really hurt him because Jonas was about to, was trying to move up whilst Pagacha didn't want to lead himself out and Roglic provided him the lead out and then that was that. So, whereas I think if Wout brings Roglic up with speed in, in a draft, maybe we have something different. But anyway, we've harped on Yumbo a bit too long. Go on, sir. No. I've got some more about Yambo, I'm afraid. We like if you look at the final climb, if you look at that final hill, and we see that Jonas and Primoz are both in that group, what would be the issue? Would it be a, a team dynamic issue if you say to Jonas, today you're doing the lead out for Primoz because he has a better chance of getting the bonus seconds than you have to get that away? Sure, you're technically in his domestic role for a bit, but you're still leader. It's just for because you have less chance of actually getting those bonus seconds. Is that a thing that you consider as doable? No, because he's closer on GC and four seconds is not going to change Roglic's race. And yeah. Yeah, and Jonas could lose time if he does a lead out, if there's okay. a split. So no, I would not do that. Maybe Roglic was doing a reverse lead out for Jonas. He was trying to make Pagancha close him, but it was a little bit too close uh, to the line for yeah. that. Tomorrow, 176k stage from Tomblin to La Superplanche de Belfi, 7Ks, 8.5%. It's called Superplanche because it is uh, got an extra K on it at 10.3%. The finish, it's a 20-minute climb. It's gravel at the end. Uh, Bora Hansgrohe really need to invest in Vlasov this stage. This is the perfect climb to Vlasov. He won- for Vlasov, if you read uh, Gabriel's article, on the climbs of the Tour de France, linked below, you'll see that he won a very similar climb in Valenciana, the Mike Motibi one, which was 20 minutes gravel, steep last kilometer where he cracked Remco. This is very, very similar. And he did like 6.4 maybe. He's good on these climbs. And they have the team for it. Conrad, Groschartner, Kemner, Hollett to position them into the base, Sharkman. This is it for them to get a big stage win and for him to take time on Thomas Benji because I think Vlasov full beans, even though I think Thomas has done, I don't know, maybe Thomas has done well here before, but I think they got to go all in for Vlasov to really, is is Roglic really okay, you know? Let, yeah. Let's find out. I think so as well. I think um, they certainly spotted the weaknesses in Yumbo today and I think they're going to try and, use that to their advantage. Everybody that's fighting for the podium sees an opportunity for that third podium spot, if not the second podium spot, if everything goes wrong at some point for Jumbo. And therefore, they should try and do stuff. But the question then is, are they actually going to control the stage beforehand? If we speak about that stage, we're saying it's 180 kilometers. It's relatively long. It's, it's an average stage. Let's be honest about it. But there's nothing really happening before Super Planche de Belfield. So I also see the possibility of a break winning the stage. Well, so what you do is you get you get one of Cam, uh, Kemner, Conrad, Groshart, or Shackman, their marking move slipping into breaks, and then maybe they get in one and they don't work too much. And they that's the problem is we just it was discussed in the article. They can also they brought the team the super medium mountain team to win from yep. the break. So that's a really tough balance for Bora Hansgrohe, an embarrassment of riches for them. Roglic, you would say this is in normal conditions. 
the perfect climb for Roglic. 20 minutes, steep finish, like absolutely perfect for him. Uh, UAE are in the yellow jersey, so they have the obligation, I guess, to pace a little bit more. Um, I don't know, Benji. I, I, I thought it was going to be a break originally, and I think Pog just won the stage. I don't see UAE pacing for the stage. That's just too so, much. No, not they're not going to. Alberson won't pace again. I, EF won't pace again. Bora, eh, they might have guys in the break. I still think break on balance should win this mm-hmm. stage. If you or UAE, would you want to give yellow away now? Uh, I'm not... Before the Alp stages, that would actually be a clever move. I'd say yes. I'd say you're trying to give the jersey away. And I think that a breakaway would be the best scenario for that. Is anybody going to try to avoid the fact that... if you let, Let's say UAE says breakaway, go, go. You can, you can get the jersey. Will there be another team that says, I oh, will control it instead and we'll try and make sure that Bogey stays in the yellow jersey for those Alps? I don't think that effort is worth it either. So I see an opportunity for someone to go in the breakaway and gain enough time to actually get the yellow jersey if they're not dangerous enough to actually cause everybody else to start chasing again. And if I think about riders like that, I'm thinking about a... I don't know, has Wadam Bargill crashed or stuff like that? Those type of riders, you nah, know? Bargill was on the cobbles yesterday. He was pacing for Nairo when Yumbo were chasing. Okay. Well, well, He's on Arkea, okay. right? The same team, not Cofidis. Or is he riding for Nairo tomorrow? True, true. Nairo's got those boys locked in and dialed. They don't have an inch to move. Like, he's fucking a drill sergeant, man. He's got six lined down. Like, I love it. I love it. Like, Nairo... Come on, can't wait for the Alps, making it through safe. Um, I like Turns has to get in the break tomorrow with Morich. Uh, it's just a non-negotiable, as well as Bagioli or Honoré for Quickstep, although I don't think their climbing is good enough. Where's Woods on GC? Benji, please be far back on GC. Michael Woods is 42nd on 5 minutes 37, so that's Okay, possible. I'd like another little three minutes, but... He'll be letting <laughs> he, no. He'll be letting the break in all seriousness. Surely, right? That's fine. I think so, so as well. I'm going with Woods. Okay, you're going with Woods. Okay, I, I thought there was going to be like a, a a majestic explanation after that, but it's straightforward. You're going for Woods. Steep finish. How about He's Chris Froome? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about okay. that. Froome might be in the break with him as a ruler. That's possible. That's very possible. Pierre Latour, twelve forty six behind. I think that's possible. But and he'll probably just climb. attack. <laughs> Get out of here. I think he'll attack on the flat before the climb in his usual <laughs> meme attack kind of way. But um, yeah, I, I do want to ask, like we've spoken about tomorrow's stage now. What's your overall feeling about this Tour de France now? Because at the start of this podcast, you said, I've lost my hope a bit when it comes to Yambo. Do you feel like the competition for the actual yellow jersey is less than yesterday evening? Uh, no, it's more because Roglic had good shape. So... Okay. If Jumbo Visma were tactically perfect and Jonas wins the stage today and takes four bonus seconds on Pogacar, but Roglic, like in stage seven last year, he got dropped when Carapaz attacked on that steep little kicker um, when Movistar chased him back and he loses 10 minutes, that's a much worse position. So no, there are positives in that Roglic's shape is good. Um, It's just whether they can correct course and dial in the team. Because, like, at this point, like, why shouldn't Koos get in the break tomorrow to go for the stage? Like, why not? 
because they want to keep as many guys in their team because they've still got two leaders because of the thing we well, just said in today. today's podcast. Well, that it, it became an issue. <laughs> well, if you want to, uh, yeah, like anyway, why can't Kuz, <laughs> why can't Kuz get in the break? Like is what I say. I thought I finished tomorrow. Um, like it sounds uh, stupid, but Kuz. why not? Like if we're going to balance it anyway. Um, yeah, I like Woods. I think I think uh, Israel have come to this tour in good shape. Like, if you see a rider win the Roubaix stage, like Clark, mm-hmm. good rider, and then you see full sang Sprightly today, also Sprightly in Roubaix. I think Woods. I think the team is in good shape, so I think Woods takes it. Vlasov though, and Bora are just really the team to watch out for tomorrow to animate the race. I think they have the best team overall to control to pace, and I don't think. I don't know. If I'm Pagacha Benji, this isn't the stage to make the kill make the kill shot, I don't think. Um, maybe it is. Maybe he doesn't like Ineos, um, how close they are. But, yeah, I think. Or maybe he thinks he can take 15, 20 on, on Jonas, but I don't think you need to pace the break back uh, to yep, do agreed. that. Do you have anyone else? You, you haven't named anyone. Or did you name Pierre de Latour? I think I named Pierre Latour, but I don't know what happened to Ciccone. He's like on 22 minutes. Not sure mm. if it's taking time on purpose Kish or whether he's actually... Two. Yeah, okay. It's uh, not looking good in that regard then. But there's just... What do you think Ben O'Connor will do? He's now on 7 minutes or 2. Wait, I think what? he's going to go in the breakaway again. I think he lost three, 2 minutes and a bit again today. Damn. I, I think he should go that. in the breakaway and try 2021 again. It might be a bit early for that, you know, like it might be... Uh, Alps? Yeah, I reckon Alps is the one to do that. But Tomorrow, he'll be marked. Is the Alps not more dangerous for the fact that GC teams might be more eager to ride that day to try and do stuff? I don't know. I didn't know he's on seven minutes. <laughs> oh, the Quokka is crying. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> my, yeah, my mate crashed out with a broken wrist today and now O'Connor's... Like when I was on seven minutes, it's been tough, tough 24 hours. Not, well, I complain, like it's worse for them, obviously. Yesterday, yesterday, Clark won and you said there was a sad day for Australians. (laughs) Yeah, well, you and crashed, hey, crashed out. I kind of lost, but yeah, I I, I agree. Clark, Clark, um, but that was good. Um, It's a good point, Benji, and it's something to watch out for. I really see stage nine as the one for him to do that. With No, 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 that's 10. Nine is the 16K, 7% climb, but then it levels off. So it's kind of not there for GC. Um, The Lutsenko stage. Yeah, yeah. I would go, if I was O'Connor, that's the one, I think. Um, But Nielsen Paulus, will will they let Nielsen Paulus in the break? If I'm UAE, let him take yellow. I say, please take it. Please take it by seven yeah. minutes now. But the problem is he's so close that they might actually have to start chasing at a certain point. Like, Oh, you mean he's he, not on it? If he's on 90 seconds, you can give him five minutes and then he wins by two minutes and then he's only 30 yeah. ahead. Exactly. And like, if it's a rider that's on five minutes, you can even give, give them 10 minutes. Like, you don't have to start pacing as quickly. So you have to invest less to control the riders in the break. If Paulos goes, which is on four seconds, then you're basically forcing yourself to start chasing relatively early or start yeah, controlling relatively right. early. Anyway, I like Woods. Hope he wins. I'd love to see it because I want to see Israel Bike Exchange and EF stay up, even though RK are doing a nice job. In fact, mm-hmm. that would be, 
yeah. Anyway, I hate the relegation system. I'm over it already, even though I've been covering it for six months. Okay, that's all from us today. Thanks to Zwift for supporting the podcast. We'll be back with La Planche, La Super Planche de Belfi tomorrow. Mike Woods raising his hands in the air. Vlasov may be taking time. We'll see you then. Ciao.